Chapter Twelve of Mothering on Perilous by Lucy Furman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: The Fightingest Boy. Tuesday night. Nucky ran in tonight from Shinny to have a broke ankle tied up. It seems to me I am always tying up either risings, biles, sores, or hurts, and said to me while I did it. That air little Jason is just a chawin up and spittin out them little day schools. This morning at recess I seed him whoop up five at a time. Yes, sir, five was on him, and by Ned if he didn't lay out the last one. He's the fightinest boy you got. I thought you were that, I said. Dad burn old heck if I ever seed the day I could lay out five of my size at a time. Going to school there on trigger, I have whooped as many as three Cheever youngins at a time, but five? Gee, I wished I'd a knowed how he done it. These accounts of Jason's prowess seem unbelievable, but from the mouths of many witnesses I gather that they must be true. I, too, wonder how he does it. Wednesday Evidently, Jason's success with the little primaries is going to his head, for today he attacked Hen Salyer, who is a head taller, and would have vanquished him had not Geats come to the rescue. As it was, he gave the Salyers a lively battle, and enormously increased their respect for him. My most vigorous applications of the rod appear powerless to curb this aggressiveness. Thursday while we were out in force this morning, digging the ditch which is to drain our garden, Nucky spoke up, apropos of nothing. "'If I had a boy twittin' fight, I'd tie him to a good sapling and fill him so full of bullets the buzzard wouldn't eat him.' Having observed anything but a lack of the fighting edge since my arrival on Perilous, I saw no point in this remark, and let it pass. Nucky spoke again, accusingly. "'You got one,' he said. "'You got a boy t'won't fight.' "'I?' I demanded in amazement. "'Iry Atkins, yander. "'Little Jason White's been a-pickin' on him for three days, "'and he's a-feared to fight him back by Ned.' "'You're a liar, Trojan,' spoke up the pure scholar hotly. "'I hain't fit him because I'm a-mindin' her. "'She said for us not to fight him because he were so little. "'I can fight as good as you, daggone you.' "'Let's see you, then. Dad swing you?' Irie rushed upon Nucky with murder in his eye, and it took Toby and me, aided by a hoe-handle, to separate them. Irie's conscientiousness is very gratifying. I wish I could remove the interdict made at first for Jason's protection. But probably it had better remain now for Irie's. Friday Night when Jason and Keats came up from the wash-house to-night, in their fresh gowns, looking startlingly clean—I let them bathe together, because Keats is so kind-hearted, and carries the water from kettles to tubs for Jason, and even washes his back for him—I handed Keats a pair of scissors. "'Do you mind cutting Jason's toenails?' I asked. "'I notice that they are dreadfully long.' To my utter confounding, Jason threw himself on the floor— "'kicking and beating it violently, and letting out terrible yells. "'Why, it won't hurt you, dear,' I said. "'Or, if you fear Keats will, I would gladly do it myself.' "'The howls and yells increased, if possible. 
"'He ain't afeard of being hurt,' said Keats. "'He just don't aim to part with them toenails.' "'Why?' I inquired. "'He needs em in his business. He fights with em. I found it out when him and hen fit a Tuesday. He tried it on me, the feisty little skunk. That's the way he lays out the day schools five at a time. He jobs out the eyes of two with his thumbs, and bites and butts another, and rakes the shins of two more with his toenails, and whoops out five as easy as falling off a log. They certainly must come off, then, I declared sternly. You hold one leg, and kill us one, and Philip and Toby his arms and head and I'll cut them off. And thus, surprised of his secret and bound by the Philistines, my little Samson was shorn. Saturday afternoon. Before breakfast, I called Irie into my room. How much muscle have you got? I inquired. The pure scholar bared a small, skeleton arm, on which a creditable knot of muscle rose as he flexed it. You are really a pretty good fighter, aren't you? I asked. Pa, he'd knock me in the head if I weren't. Very well. I told you once not to fight Jason Wyatt. I may have been wrong in doing so. Next time he picks on you, fight him back. Just before noon, Nucky ran into the cottage with bulging eyes. That air little Irie is a given Jason the best whoopin' down in the stable lot ever you seed. Jason, he got to fistin' around him again, and he just grabbed him unexpected and laid him out. "'and now he's choking the life out of him.' "'Good!' I cried, hurrying back to see the combat. "'All the boys were miraculously gathered, "'and the wash-girls also looked on with delight. "'Jason tried all his tricks, "'but could not once free himself from the relentless grasp. "'Both arms were pinioned, "'one by a leg, one by an arm of Iris. "'His head was held down by the dreadful hand at his throat.' Only his legs were free, and they, alas, were useless. His toes passed harmlessly over Irie's face and neck and ears. Not until he had held out to the verge of suffocation did the conquered conqueror at last gasp for mercy, and being led up, crawl off under the corn-crib to sob out his rage and shame in peace. Doubtless this will do him much good. End of chapter 12